WebCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the Executive Director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. One of the newest faces in Harrisburg in the state legislature is not a new face to many people uh, from the McKeesport area or actually from throughout Allegheny County. State Representative Austin Davis, uh, many people know as a former assistant to uh, Allegheny County Executive Rich Fitzgerald. He's a lifelong resident of McKeesport, uh, graduate of... Pitt, correct? Yes, University of Pittsburgh. Graduated the University of Pittsburgh, uh, first elected to, uh, to fill uh, an uncompleted term uh, to the state house, and then elected in his own right um, last year. Yeah, last year. Jay. How about that? Yeah. It seems like you've been in there forever, though. It does. It really does. It, uh, it, time goes fast, and I'm one of the few people who had to run uh, in three elections in the same year, so I have a, <laughs> I have a unique distinction uh, in the state house. <laughs> well, good morning, by the way. Good morning. So, thank you for coming in. Austin Davis is our uh, guest for the entire half hour. We have some questions uh, that I asked people on Facebook to submit some questions for you. So, we're going to ask you some questions that, that came in uh, off of our Facebook page at Tube City Online. But before we get too far into the weeds, tell people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, as you stated, I won a special election in January 2018 to represent the Mon Valley and the Pennsylvania House of Representatives, and that includes the communities of McKeesport, Duquesne, Clareton, Munhall, Whitaker, Versailles Borough, South Versailles Township, Lincoln Borough, uh, and a part of West Mifflin, or a few piece, pieces in West Mifflin. Um, and so I've had the, the pleasure of representing them for a little over a year and a half now. Uh, but prior to that, I worked as an executive assistant to County Executive Rich Fitzgerald, uh, and I currently am the vice chairman of the Allegheny County Democratic Party. And what sparked your interest in politics in the first place? Because I first met you when you were a student uh, at the high school, and I believe you were uh, one of the student representatives either to the school board city or council. to the city council. Yeah, yeah. so I, I got interested. Um, one day I wanted to go to a city council meeting because we were talking about local government uh, in school. Okay. And so I went to a McKeesport City Council meeting, and the two things that really struck me was there was nobody anywhere close to my age age group uh, on city council, and there was no one uh, really that looked like me serving on city council. And so I decided that I wanted to get involved in government and that government could be used as a force for good and change in people's lives. Uh, and so uh, Senator Jim Brewster, who was the mayor at the time, was just crazy enough to give me an opportunity uh, to start the Mayor's Youth Advisory Council. Uh, and we did a lot of civic engagement projects uh, while I was in high school. Um, and then after graduating, that really piqued my interest. And I went on to the University of Pittsburgh uh, and was really involved in the student government there. And uh, I interned in the Pennsylvania House um, while I was in college uh, and then got a job in County Executive Rich Fitzgerald's office uh, and spent seven years there. There, uh, working on every every issue that you can imagine, from economic development to property taxes, uh, public housing, to public health, public housing, transit, was, yeah. transit. I was uh, I, I served on the Allegheny County Housing Authority Board of Directors, uh, and just recently rolled off of that, and now I'm serving on the Port Authority uh, of Allegheny County Board of Directors, dealing with directly with transit issues. Um, so that's kind of my history in, in a nutshell uh, of how I got involved. 
Uh, State Representative Austin Davis is our guest uh, for the half hour. Uh, uh, Representative, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? What is your website address? And I know you also are active on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, so I'm really active on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, and, and the handles for those are just rep, either Rep Austin Davis uh, or Davis for 35th. Okay. Um, those are the two pages that I'm really active on. Uh, if you're not really tech savvy, um, the old-fashioned way, I have three district offices throughout my district. Uh, my main district office, which is at McKee, in McKeesport right here on Lyle Boulevard. And you share that building with uh, Congre- uh, Congressman Mike Doyle. Yeah, so yeah. we've kind of created a one-stop constituent service shop for any of your state or federal issues. Um, so usually if I can't handle it, he can, and if he can't handle it, I can. Um, I also have an office uh, on Main Street in Munhall, uh, as well as we have a, a satellite office in the Clareton Municipal Building, uh, and we're there on Thursdays uh, from 9 to 5. And uh, you can help people with what kind of stuff? Uh, any state-related issue. Yeah. Uh, any state-related issue you might be have, whether that's a PennDOT issue, whether it's an issue uh, with seniors for property tax rent rebate, uh, most recently, we just rolled out a new uh, a new service for folks. We are doing uh, Connect ID Connect cards for Port Authority um, senior citizens. Used to be able or, or, and are still able to use their Medicare card for free rides, but that's going to be ending in January. Mm-hmm. You can come to my office. Oh, the is that right? And get the I new ID. I don't think ID. a lot of people knew that yeah. because they're just used to flashing the Medicare card. They will now need to have an actual Port Authority card. Yes, and if you come to our office uh, in McKeesport, we can actually fill out the paperwork, take your picture, send it to the Port Authority, and we'll get the card back and get it in your hands. Okay. Uh, we'll mention those uh, web addresses again uh, later on in the program because we know sometimes people are, are in the car or something. But um, I, I want to get into some of the actual issues that are facing uh, your 35th uh, legislative district. But first, I want to ask you, how do we get five or 10 or 100 more students who are interested in local government enough to go to their City council, that's borough council, township commissioners. Because what, what, what? That's a special thing. Not yeah. too many people want to do that. No, you're right. Not too. And, and part of it is is exposure, uh-huh. right? It's making sure that we're exposing young people to local government. And but actually, you have some government representatives in your, in your background, don't you? Don't you have some people who've been interested in your politics and your family? No, 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 no. My, what, my loosely, my godmother Loretta Diggs was, was a city council city council. Okay, that's uh, for a long time, okay. and she she kind of helped foster yeah. uh, my interest in local government. Uh, but I think it's exposing these young people to what government can do, how it can be a force for good uh, in your community, and why we need them to be involved. Um, you know, I, I hear oftentimes a lot of elected officials normally don't get involved until later in life, right? Or you know, they have never had an interaction. Many people have had an interaction with an elected official. Um, so I think we need to be um, responsible as elected officials and as schools to make sure that we're teaching young people about citizenship and the powers and the influences of local government. Uh, we did some. We passed a bill. In legislature last year. Representative Bill Quartz was a mm-hmm. big sponsor of this, um, uh, mandating or requiring uh, each student take a basic civics test mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of get them thinking about the civic process and being involved in local government. Uh, and so we need to make sure that we're pushing those opportunities. Like I said, my fa- I mean, outside of uh, Mrs. Diggs, my parents or nobody okay. in my family has ever run for office okay. uh, or been involved in the process. So I, I was the first generation, so to speak, to actually do that. I... Um it's been a long time since I was out of high school. It feels longer every day sometimes. Uh, but I remember there being a basic, I think it was called U.S. and PA history course in yeah. high school, maybe junior or sophomore year or something. 
but I don't remember very much PA history being right. taught. And so that and so that's per, that's the issue we're trying to get at yeah. because we spent a lot of time talking about the president, mm-hmm. the, uh, the United States Congress, and the House and the Senate, and how that affects. But people don't realize your local government officials, your mayor, your city council person, your state legislator, they affect your life uh, on a daily, your school board on a daily basis are much more impactful uh, than your, perhaps your member of Congress uh, or the president of the United States. Um, So we need to make sure that we're getting people to focus on those local elections because they're really critical in terms of moving the community forward. Can can people register to vote at your office as well? Yes, they can register. They can fill out the form. Yes, they can fill out the form. Uh, It's also easier now if you have access to computers, you can do it online. Um, But yes, my office can certainly help you do that. Uh, we're talking with uh, State Representative uh, Austin Davis. Uh, you can find him on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can stop by one of his offices. He's got one on Lyle Boulevard. Uh, next to the Eaton Park, everyone knows where the Eaton Park is on Lyle Boulevard and McKeesport, also on Main Street and Munhall, and you said on Thursdays? Yeah, on at Thursdays the Clarton, in the Clarton Municipal Building. Clarton Municipal Building. Let's uh, talk some of the issues in the district, and we probably won't get to everything, but first things first, because you alluded to you are now serving on the Port Authority Transit Board. Um, there has been a renewed interest, I think, in the Mon Valley and the east suburbs in Port Authority, particularly in this idea of possibly extending the east busway. People kind of got riled up a few years ago with the bus rapid transit um, proposal, and we actually had Laura Weens from Pittsburghers for Public Transit on the program last week. Uh, She said they're in favor of public transit, and they're in favor of the bus rapid transit is a good idea, but they were really not in favor of cutting bus service to, on the 61 and 68 yeah, miles particularly. The, the, the original proposal uh, would have cut bus service uh, when the uh, bus rapid transit proposal was first uh, rolled out. Uh, we were really successful. This was the first project that I worked on uh, as a state legislator, working with County Executive Fitzgerald uh, and Catherine Kellerman, mm-hmm. who was very new to the Port Authority yep. at, that, at that time, to, change, to take a fresh look at the plan, uh, to see what could we do better to make sure we're serving the most amount of people. Uh, luckily, we were able to completely redo the plan so there won't be any service interruptions uh, for the for those routes uh, and actually we'll integrate the BRT a lot, a lot a lot much more nicely uh, in terms of our existing transit um, but I think you hit on a key point extending the Martin Luther King busway uh, there is not uh, and there there's different forms of what that could look like right it could be the physical extension of actual busway mm-hmm. or we have a lot of technology now with priority signaling uh, dedicated lanes stations uh, as opposed to bus stops mm-hmm. um, but we have to I think think uh, innovatively about it because Tra- mass transit and transportation in general is so interconnected to so many different things. Um, it, it, it is one of the number one challenges, I think, that we hear as government leaders when we're trying to recruit businesses to the area. Uh, it's how they're going to move their workforce, how they're going to move their product. Uh, and I think um, once we start to address those issues, we'll really start to see the type of change that I think folks in the Mon Valley have been waiting for. Um, one of the things that's going to be important in the next couple of years, we're facing a funding cliff. In well, I was just about to ask you that. Um, and we're going to have a break coming up here in a minute or two, but I was just about to ask you that because right now, where is a lot of public transit funding coming from the turnpike? Yeah, it's coming from the turnpike. It's not a very sustainable model as it's currently uh, as it's currently. The, the turnpike designed. is really starting to complain, and the turnpike users yes. are starting to complain I, about the fares going up. I ride the turnpike almost every or week, the tolls, rather, and, and I can tell you the tolls, it's $50 round trip from, from here to Harrisburg. 
Um, it's unsustainable. We have to figure out a way to invest in mass transit. Uh, and we're going to be having that conversation in the legislature probably around between 2021 and 2022. Uh, and I look forward to that because I think transportation is the big issue that we need to get our arms around and how we fund it and how we grow it. Uh, we went through a significant cuts in our mass transit system in 2010. Uh, we need to be growing as an agency. I understand that the uh, Port Authority ridership has actually gone up. Bus ridership has gone up slightly. It has actually gone yeah. up slightly. Um, and there, we're, we're recognizing that there's a need in more places, and we want to serve that need. Um, but we need the state to come up with the funding to do that. Uh, and most, so, most of that growth has been along the MLK East Busway? Uh, yeah, a lot of that's been around the MLK Busway. Um, and so, you know what, the other thing, too, is when I look when we look at growth patterns, you know, people are kind of – we're creatures of habit, right? Mm-hmm. You just figure out how to get around. So sometimes if you look at some communities um, that may, we may not see a growth in ridership, we should look at the frequency in the ridership. Sure. And have people just adjusted to operating without without bus service in those communities, uh, where if there was an easy accessible transportation form, that they would take uh, take a, be a, take it uh, use its availability. Um, so I think those are all the things that we're looking at. I think the Mont Valley is a prime area that the Port Authority has uh, on their target. We're going to be doing a 25-year plan uh, to really start planning, like, what does our transit agency look like 25 years from now? Where do we want to grow it? How do we create a world-class transit uh, agency? Um, and I think uh, we're right in the center of that. The Mont Valley is right in the target of it. Let's take our break here. Uh, State Representative Austin Davis is our guest. He is uh, representing the 35th District, which includes, uh, let me see if I've got them all, McKeesport, Clareton, uh, Munhall. Duquesne, part of West Mifflin. Who did I miss? Lincoln Borough, Versailles, uh, Versailles Borough, South Versailles Township. Okay. Um, I think you got them all. I think we're going to ask you about gerrymandering, too. Here, oh, I, I cannot wait to talk about it. Uh, from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes here on... Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel. Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media, Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is State Representative Austin Davis from the 35th District. You can find him on Facebook and Twitter. You said it's Rep. Austin Davis on? On, on uh, all the mediums. On all the mediums. Okay. Uh, or you can stop by one of his offices. He has got an office in uh, McKeesport uh, on Main Street in Munhall. And uh, Thursdays uh, has someone at the Clarence Municipal Building. Yes. Uh, when we took the break, we were talking about the Port Authority. And we were talking about the problem of sustainable funding. Uh, funding for mass transit in Pennsylvania right now is heavily reliant on the Pennsylvania Turnpike uh, as you said, that's not sustainable. I know the Turnpike users are starting to really complain. As you mentioned, it's $50 round trip Irwin to, to Harrisburg now. Uh, that brings up another topic that has been on the burner probably more than, longer than you and I have been alive, and that's the Monfayette Expressway. Yes. So that project has uh, reemerged. It's in the new Southwestern Pennsylvania Commission plan. It's back on their radar. The Turnpike Commission is looking for funding for that. What what is the, the the life of that? I know there's well, some it, surveying happening already. Yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, the the funding's in place. The 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 turnpike is already moving. The mechanics to make it happen. Uh, I will just say to folks, that's one piece of our transportation issue. That is not going to solve mm-hmm. uh, all of our transportation issues in the long term. Uh, I think it, the project is going to take 25 years to complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not uh, it's not going to be done in the next five six years. Um, 
And as we see younger folks who are, uh, we'll say millennials now, mm-hmm. are, are less uh, interested in driving a car. Yeah. Uh, they, they're just not that interested in it. That's not what they want to do. They that is use. amazing to me that I know people in their 20s who've never had a driver's license at this point. Yeah. Uh, and so we're going to really have to think about how do we invest uh, in other means of transportation to get people to places, whether that's mass transit, uh, uh, from buses to bus rapid transit to even light rail. Uh, I know. You know that's a very expensive proposition, mm-hmm. um, but those, I think all those options are going to have to be on the table in order to meet uh, the needs that we're going to face going forward. Uh, is there, in your mind, I don't know if it's in the Turnpike Commission mind, but in, in, in your mind, is there a mass transit component of the Monfayette Expressway? Is there a dedicated transit lane or bus lane or HOV lane? To my, in my knowledge, I don't believe there is, but I think should the, there be? I, I believe there should be, and I think that's going to be a part of that's going to have to be a part of the conversation moving forward as this thing gets developed. But I don't know that that is. I don't believe that is a part of the plan at the moment. Uh, because one of the the issues in our area is the bus service is hub and spoke goes into Pittsburgh, comes back out yeah. with some exceptions. There, yeah. so to get from Duquesne. To Monroeville yeah. is a circuitous, or Duquesne to McKee, or wherever, it's a circuitous route. Uh, let me switch gears, no pun intended, completely, mm-hmm. and talk about Clareton. Yes. Um, we have talked a lot on this program uh, in the last few months about uh, the ongoing problems at U.S. Steel's Clareton plant, which extend to the other U.S. Steel facilities. Namely, uh, they had a bad fire, as most people know, uh, Christmas Eve of 2018, uh, that damaged some pollution control equipment, was out of service for months. A couple weeks ago, yeah. had another fire, pollution control equipment offline, this time for much less time. But you have been out in front of that issue. Why? Yeah. So, I, I mean, we have my, my, I have been really in front of this issue. Uh, we called a hearing back in January and did a legislative hearing to investigate uh, the issues that had happened with the original fire. Um, because I think public health as an elected official, the health of the people that I'm representing uh, is, is a priority to me. Um, I firmly believe that we can have good paying jobs and a clean environment. Um, and I always said that that's going to require U.S. Steel making investments uh, in their operation. I'm happy to see, I was happy to see that they're going to be doing, they announced a billion dollar investment uh, in Edgar Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most recently that they've reached a settlement uh, with the Allegheny County Health Department. And I really want to applaud Dr. Karen Hacker uh, and the work that her team has done to really hold U.S. Steel's feet to the fire uh, to make sure that they're being a good neighbor. Uh, and I was happy to see with their settlement uh, of the $2.5 million of the $2.7 million fine uh, is going into a community benefits agreement trust uh, to benefit the affected communities. Um, I think that's progress. Um, I think U.S. Steel still has a long way to go in terms of cleaning up their operation. Uh, but I do see light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm, I'm happy with where we're at now. Um, air quality, though, is bigger than just U.S. Steel. Yes. And there's a couple of other things that are, I know, concerning air quality advocates. One of them is a proposal that I think is, is I don't know if it's still, uh, if it's out of committee or if it's actually going to be voted on, which would be to exempt more counties from mandatory uh, emissions. vehicle emissions testing. Yeah, I believe it passed through the Senate. I don't think it passed through the House. Um, I'm still researching. I don't have a position on that yet. Uh, but it's not Allegheny County. It's, it's not, not Allegheny it's not County, of, but it, I believe it would be the surrounding the, counties. Yeah, it's some of the surrounding counties. Um, and so you're right. Uh, I think our air in the Pittsburgh region has never been better. We are still far behind where we it's need to far go. Far behind a lot of the other uh, yes. parts of the country. Though. A lot of the other parts of the country, but it is getting better. Every indication is that we are getting better. Uh, but we have more work to do. I don't know uh, that I would necessarily be in favor of eliminating emissions tests because cars are clearly one of the most uh, emissions, uh, one of the most uh, causes of emissions uh, in our 
in society. Um, and, and as cars get more efficient and electric, we're starting to see more reductions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know uh, how I feel yet about the plan to completely eliminate them in certain counties. Um, let's switch gears yet again. Um, education funding. Your uh, colleague on the Senate side, uh, Senator Jim Brewster, has been very critical of the way that charter schools yes. are, are funded in Pennsylvania. Um, I think a lot of people, in principle, support the idea of school choice, yeah. but we see in a district like the McKeesport Area School District, $7 million off of, I believe, a $40 million budget walks out the door. Wa- is, is, is not available for education at all in the district because it's going to charter schools, sometimes which are not in the district, right. Uh, and so I think Senator Brewster's right. I mean, I think we need to level the playing field between our, our traditional public schools uh, and charter schools. Uh, one of the, the most gross examples that needs reform is the funding for cyber charter schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're funded at the same rate as brick-and-mortar uh, uh, brick and mortar charter schools, which they don't have brick-and-mortar buildings because they are uh, cyber schools. Um, I think that's an area that needs re- reform, I think, in terms of accountability. Some of the business practices uh, that uh, charter schools operate under, um, like, you know, somebody owns the building, but the school leases it, uh, leases it from, uh, from that owner and pays it, and so they make a profit off of it. Uh, I think all those things need to be looked at. I think nobody is saying we, we're run, trying to run charter schools out of town, mm-hmm. but what we're saying is they should be held to the same standards and accountability as public schools. Well, I, I, well that, I was just about to say, because the Pittsburgh Business Times each year does a big chart roundup of all the Pittsburgh metropolitan area schools. Yeah. And the charter schools are not scoring no. any better on the test. It's in many cases worse, worse than the public schools. You're, you're absolutely right. They are in many cases scoring worse than the public schools. And so we need to take a critical lens about what they're offering uh, what they're offering to families. Uh, and is that product better than what they could rec- receive uh, at a traditional public school? The other thing I think that heavily impacts uh, some of the migration from public schools to charter schools uh, is the is the the charter schools have the ability to advertise. They have advertising dollars at public schools can't. I mean, they can't run a huge campaign to try to take students away. From they other could, people. but the, the, yeah, the, it would the not ta- be taxpayers. Yeah, taxpayers would certainly have an issue with that. I don't <laughs> think that's something that charter schools should be able uh, to do. Quite frankly. Let, let's pause right there. When we come back, uh, I want to pick up this topic of gerrymandering, which has uh, been yeah, in the news huge. again with the Supreme Court decision. And I also want to get to some questions that people asked uh, on Facebook when we said we were talking sure. to you. Um, so we'll, we're going to put your feet, your feet to the fire now. Absolutely. <laughs> and answer some folks' questions. Uh, State Representative Austin Davis is our guest. He represents the 35th Legislative District in the uh, southeastern uh, corner of Allegheny County, including uh, Munhall, McKeesport, Clareton, Duquesne, and some of the surrounding communities. You can find him on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rep. Austin Davis, or you can stop by one of his offices, Lyle Boulevard in McKeesport, Main Street in Munhall, and uh, on Thursdays at the Clareton Municipal Building up there on Ravensburg Boulevard. From the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes on Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media, Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email tubecitytiger at gmail.com. 
Welcome back. Our guest for a final few minutes is State Representative Austin Davis. Uh, we're talking some issues that are facing the legislature right now. And uh, also, we're going to get into some questions uh, that some constituents asked when we put this out on our Facebook page at Tube City Online. Um, so, gerrymandering, the uh, state Supreme Court, or not the United, State States. Court, the United States Supreme Court, excuse me, uh, ruling in, a, in another split decision that uh, they have no authority to uh, enforce better drawn legislative districts in the states. Now, in Pennsylvania, it was a different matter because that was decided by the state Supreme Court. They said it was in violation of the state constitution, but this was a federal case in the U.S. Constitution. I saw a report uh, today, I think it was in the New York Times, I don't remember, but it said that if, if Democrats in Wisconsin uh, won statewide by more than 10 points, they would still lose the majority of the legislative seats yeah. in Wisconsin. That it is that, that, that in fact, in the most recent election, I think it was uh, split 60-40 in favor of the Democrats, but almost the opposite in the yeah. Wisconsin legislature was 40-60. So... How, how do we tackle this? We've got a census coming up here, and the census is going to trigger, trigger for, for, re, for redistricting. Um, so I will say, um, when I saw the Supreme Court's, the United States Supreme Court's decision, I think they basically took the position that these are state, it's a state rights issue, uh-huh. uh, that states need to figure this out. Um, and so as somebody who represents one of the most gerrymandered districts well, in the Commonwealth. That's why I bring it up to yeah. you, because you're, down, you're all the way down from South for sales up into Munal. Yeah, and so it, it's really kind of a crazy drawn district. I, I've supported a number of redistricting efforts in the state house uh, to create a fair, independent redistricting commission. Uh, unfortunately, those failed uh, in the last session and haven't really gotten much traction uh, in this session. I think this is something that we really need to address um, on both sides. I mean, uh, I think we need fair, independent maps, right, to level the playing field. Uh, voters should be picking their elected officials, but the, the, not the, the elected officials. To play devil's voters. advocate to someone listening right now, they're going to say, well, of course, Austin Davis is saying that he's a Democrat. Right. Well, I am a Democrat, but but the reality is, look, we have fair. The, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, throughout the congressional maps, created a fair map. Uh, they created uh, out of the eighteen, or I'm sorry, out of the yes, out of the yeah. eighteen congressional yeah, 18 seats, congressional we have districts. congressional districts we have in Pennsylvania. Six of them are solidly Democratic seats. Six of them are solidly Republican seats, and six of them are float back and they forth. float back and forth. They're swing districts. Uh, Rep- Connor Lamb represents yeah. a swing, one of those swing districts. Uh, I think that's fair. I mean, I think that's pretty fair uh, in terms of drawing the map. Now, when you look at uh, overall, Democrats particularly tend to compact each other. Like if you look at Allegheny County, uh, we're very blue. Oh, uh, Democrats tend not to, a surprise. No. And even in the even in the surrounding counties, you look at you know the city of Butler, for instance. I think it might be Butler, but or some of the cities in the surrounding counties, the county is red, but. The cities, the cities are, are, blue. Are, are blue. So that there, there always is going to be a little bit of kind of packing, so to yeah. speak, because people just tend to live around like-minded, yeah. like-minded folks. But we really do need to take politics out of it. I think that, coupled with uh, our extremely lax campaign finance laws in Pennsylvania, are just a, a, a cocktail for a disaster. Uh, to, I, I can't put it any plainer than that. Uh, I, I always uh, – I had always – People would always say, we need to reduce the size of the legislature. That, well, that's another good question. And, yeah. and so I was always – I'm against reducing the size of the legislature okay. unless we do redi- independent redistricting uh, and campaign finance limits. Okay. Because the reality is if we just reduce the size of the legislature, you're just going to create a more expensive political system. You're uh-huh. going to – so a, a competitive state house race will cost anywhere from one hundred to $250,000. Um, we have Senate races that are – 
or a million dollars to run. Uh, if you if you lessen the size of the legislature, it decreases the possibility that regular folks like Austin Davis, who's the son of a hairdresser and a bus driver, will be able to run and be successful to compete in our political process. Uh, and I think we should make sure that everybody has the ability to compete, regardless of whether they were born uh, wealthy or not. What are the chances of getting that through? The majority party. Well, I don't think there's. I don't think. Uh, I don't think the Republicans are quite frankly going to bring any of those reforms up for a vote. I think uh, really what's going to come down to it, we are going to have to, as Democrats, enact a lot of those reforms when we eventually get to the majority in the legislature. Let me again put you on the spot and play devil's advocate. What will be the if if what will be the motivation then for Democrats for your party? To draw fair districts if they can also draw districts that are well, safe Democrats. So I think the reality is if you look at the way the state's trending, it, fair districts benefit Democrats. Democrats, uh, Governor Wolf won his reelection with 18% of the vote statewide. Um, so if our numbers were trending and we all had fair mats, Democrats would still be in the majority, most as likely. It, as I mentioned in Wisconsin. Right, yeah. and, and, and most likely. So I think, um, I think good government always will always benefit the people who are, who are, who are pushing it. Um, and I think, look, if we lived in a state, and, I, and honestly, I think if you look at the past practice where we've had a governor who's won by 18% and barely moved the needle in the state legislature, right. that's got to be, be uh, less than enough to know that we need to fix our political system. Uh, we're talking with uh, State Representative Austin Davis. You can find him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Rep Austin Davis. Do you I'm, I'm put you on the spot again? Do you know your phone number uh, for yes. the office? Four one uh, Dish McKee's Board Office yeah. is four one two six six four zero zero three five. Um, Munhall District Office, I think, is 412-476-3046, okay. I believe. Uh, we're going to have to get you back because we're way, we've are we run way over time. We're going to put uh, the extra uh, comments uh, on our uh, website at uh, uh, tubecityonline.com. Uh, if people want to download the podcast there, uh, we are way over time. Uh, Representative Austin Davis uh, represents the 35th Legislative District. He has been our guest this morning. Thank you so much for coming down and taking some time with us. Oh, thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening today to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. From the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at TubeCityOnline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.